So, John James, we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? We do. A lot has went down in Scottish football over the last week or so, but I feel as though we should kick off the show by discussing the big story, the big talking point in which everybody in Scottish football has got an opinion on. Kilmarnock! Quite frankly, it's shocked Scottish football too. Yes, it has, you're absolutely right. Kilmarnock finally win at Rugby Park, John James. 5-1 5-1 against Thistle. It's, it's ridiculous. I think, I think Steve Clark should be manager of the year right now. <laughs> absolutely. Did not see that result coming whatsoever. Party Thistle got absolutely battered. What happened there? Well, Kelly, Kelly scored early on and I thought, mm, this might be the day. And then Party literally equalised. I think it was a minute or two later. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, right, this, this Party are going to take control now. And then it just didn't ever happen and Kelly just went on to absolutely battle them. <laughs> exactly, I know. It was a fantastic performance from Kilmarnock and Steve Clark, I think. Well, obviously won uh, the Drew during the week as well, so I think that's three games unbeaten right now for Kilmarnock. Um, but they're, they're doing really well under Steve Clark. They've just... They're totally, he's totally transformed the team around and at the start of the season they looked like relegation candidates but it's safe to say mate <laughs> they're not going down this season at all and Chris Boyd ever, mm-hmm. ever since ever since uh, Alwyn battered Kelly at Rugby Park and even Steve Clark admitted that that is not the Kelly, the Kelly side that everyone's seen that he's been in charge of they've just been playing well they've been playing well scoring goals not conceding goals but conceding as much goals crucially yeah, exactly. that, seemed, that, result, that result against Aberdeen seemed to spur them on. Yeah, exactly. I know because ever since that, yeah, ever since Clark came out in his post-match interview and made those comments, Kamarna of they just look like a totally different side right now. And I was about to say they're Chris Boyd. I think that's three goals uh, in two games, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Your favourite Chris Boyd, John James? What do you make of that? Well, actually, I'm gonna still criticise him because even Brophy was on a hat trick. And he took the penalty off him. Well, I think he is the designated penalty taker for Kelly. Oh, come, come on. If, you're, if, you, if a player that had been struggling for goals, like Eamon Brophy had, and then he's on a hat-trick and you take that penalty off him, that's just hard, that's heartless. See, Brophy, right now, by the way, he is on fantastic form. What were Hamilton thinking, by the way, in getting rid of him? Because well, Kelly are picked by good player. He's player because I don't think Hamilton were wrong in getting rid of him. Because he wasn't scoring goals, he wasn't contributing much, and he was barely in the squad. I actually thought it was quite odd that Kelly took the risk on him that he moved to another Premier League squad, eh, another Premier League team. But he's scoring goals, but he started scoring goals. So Hamilton will be kicking themselves now, but I didn't anticipate that he would go to a Premier League club. Yeah, he's, he's doing really, really well right now. But um, yeah, Partick Thistle. I know they won uh, during the week, but still that was a real embarrassing result for them because Kamarnock obviously hadn't won at Rugby Park this season and Thistle, <coughs> Thistle go there and they get absolutely hammered 5-1. Like, what is... I think... What's going I on? Think part of, I mean, I don't think that result... That result was not on the cards. I think that was a freak result. I don't think there's much to look into. I don't think there's much... I don't think Partick should be jumping the gun and thinking, oh, Archibald Rani's... Uh, Tenure at Partick because I think that's a freak result. You get, you get at least one every couple of months, and I think that's the freak result. Yeah, it would be silly, I think, for Partick Thistle to get rid of Archibald. I put a wee poll up in Scott's Got Twitter page uh, at the weekend there, and 
like the, the majority of the people that voted was one. I think it was like seventy percent, seventy percent to thirty, uh, for Archibald to go. So, yeah, I th- there are. I would be very yeah. surprised if any of those voters were actually party thistle fans. Because we do have quite uh, a bit of thistle fans that listen to the show, but I'm sure thistle fans would appreciate the work that Archibald has done. Of course. Of course, because I spoke to a couple of Thistle fans that I know, and they're they're feeling very negative about Archibald right now. But I was saying to them, like, come on, like, no disrespect, your party Thistle and Archibald's done a fantastic job. He he got Thistle promoted, finished in the top six last season. I think Thistle should like the the bare minimum for Thistle right now is to stay in the league. That's what their their mindset mindset should always be. And last year, as you know, they were punching well above the weight. Party Thistle are never going to get a better finish than what they got last season without serious investment. And I'm not saying that they should seriously invest because Party Thistle, they're a well-run club, they live within their means. I don't think they need to break the, ba- the break the bank to try and be something they're not. I think they get enough plaudits doing what they do. And see, the, the, how co- the last season and this season, they were one game away from Hamden. Mm, no. So that's, that's, that's the only thing he's got left to do, I think, part of his own, uh, and that's get them damned. And see, we spoke about uh, we spoke about this uh, on the pod a while back about um, Danny Lennon. Um, look at St Mirren. St Mirren got power hungry. They got a bit more greedy. They were thinking they were better than what they were, and they got rid of Danny Lennon. And look what happened to them. They ended up going down to the championship. So Thistle, be careful what you wish for. They, it'll be a silly move to get rid of Alan Archibald. It uh, would be a very very silly move indeed. Yeah, so um, we'll move on uh, and we'll talk about the Hearts game. Hearts uh, were back to winning ways. They beat Motherwell 1-0 at the weekend. And it was a very comfortable performance, uh, I think, from Hearts, John James. Uh, Hearts, I've normally been quite critical of Hearts. From their last two games, I've seen the game in the weekend and I've seen the results they got midweek. Hearts are picking up points. They're now only six points behind Hibs. Mm-hmm, I know. So this is this, this is the hip side that I I've, I've been praising. This is the hip side the media have been praising, and this is the same heart side that's been getting uh, been getting all the uh, critiques from like Michael, from like Michael Stewart etc. And they're only six points behind Hibs now. Did you see sports scene on Sunday night? How much did it kill Michael Stewart to praise Hearts? It, it killed him. I, <laughs> I think I think even though what I will say though is uh, I will. Uh, because I can't be too nice to Hearts, obviously. But uh, the one thing that I could say is they were up against a very toothless Mullow side without Louis Moult. And Louis Moult uh, also said for pressing. And I think that might be slightly worrying for Mullow that that's now two games. They've enough they scored two against Thistle, but they were already 3 0 down mm-hmm. when they did score the two against Thistle. So, and against Hearts, they were utterly toothless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's against a side. A side that's I'm not Hearts are better than are better than Partick. They've got a better organised defence. So they done nothing against a side that were organised. I think this might be the, this might be the end of Mullins be fairy team. Yeah, I know, especially since Louis Moult is uh, leaving to go to Preston. Where, and how do how do Motherwell replace those kind of goals that Louis Moult well, was scoring? How how do they? They're, get, they're getting money in for him, which I think has got to be commended. We were saying you risk losing them for nothing. They've not lost them for nothing. But uh, realistically, will they be allowed to spend that money and bring in someone? Um, or are they going to be are they going to be made to, to do exactly what they've done at Saint Louis Mall, and that's look at the bargains they can get? 
Um, I don't think uh, Alan Burrows, the chief exec there, is going to allow um, the manager, uh, Stephen Robinson, to spend money. I don't see it because Motherwell are running a tight ship there and I don't think they want to break the bank to get a replacement in for Louis Moult. I can't they've see it. Proven, they've proven in recent years that they can sign players without breaking the bank anyway because they got Louis Moult for nothing. They've got that Elliot Freer for nothing. They've got Bowman for nothing. They've got all the players they've signed this season they got for nothing. So they can get these players. They've, they've clearly got a good scouting network down there. Yeah. And I don't doubt they'll probably bring someone in but whoever they bring in are, are they going to give what's this the amount of goals are they going to give you 18 goals a season like Louis Moult did and even going back to the Stuart McCall era look at the players they brought in uh, from Tom Hately Darren Randolph Darren Randolph playing with West Ham I think still in the Premier League or he, well, I don't, they brought in players like Ainsworth as well so mm. they've, they've got a good network down there it's just a case of having to make these things mid-season might disrupt them yeah of course, um, Motherwell had to do what they had to sell him because if they, what they we were speaking about that earlier on this season, are they going, are Motherwell going to keep Louis Moult until the end of the season and run the risk of losing him for nothing, or are they going to get rid of him in January? Um, what do you think the hands are call then? Because they're getting a fee for him, or do well, I don't know? It's, it's I mean, my mind's like split on it. Like I can understand I understand why they would want to keep him until the end of the season. Top for obviously top six it says, but what they're thinking. Um, at the weekend they're obviously beating Motherwell 1-0 and Lafty getting a goal Kyle Lafty I have been uh, quite critical of Kyle Lafty but he's buying them in he's getting the goals isn't he but I still feel as though Hearts are lacking in that final third Hearts still need a, they still need a huge clear out uh, it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter that they're fifth in the league and they're only six points behind Hibs now because Hearts aren't a team that should be set on for being six points behind Hibs and not in a, not in a European race at all mm-hmm. they need to bring in bring in the players that's going to have they should be fighting realistically this season should have been the season that you had Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs and Hearts all competing for second mm-hmm. and it's only uh, um, Aberdeen, Rangers and Hibs um, now you've got three you've got three teams competing for second and Hearts need to get in that race and I think as we were saying earlier on it's six points behind Hibs so it's not yeah, the worst thing but as you said the, the, a clear out needs to happen at Hearts it really does and the thing is, um, Anne Budge has came out and said that she's going to back Levine with funds. The question is, though, how much is she going to give Craig Levine? That's the thing. It won't be a lot. I can't see it in a lot. This is, this is just me, but this is me being incredibly harsh on Levine. I wouldn't be giving him a single penny until he managed to make some funds back on the players that he brought in that float. Yeah, very true. Very true. But I would he's be want, a, I'd be wanting him to get rid of the deadwood. And then the fees that he gets from the deadwood, he could use. Um, I think um, as much as we fault Craig Levine as a manager, surely he's not that naive enough. Uh, surely he's not that naive to like he will realise that 
a clear out needs to happen, and he's going to. I think surely he will get rid of players in the one in, in next uh, month, which he will. It has he's, to be done. He's made good signings in the past before with with different teams. Like with Dundee United, he made some very good signings, and he brought through youth as well at Dundee United, which he seems to be doing at Hearts and bringing through the youth players. But he needs decent, experienced players to be alongside mm-hmm. And uh, Lafferty and Gonzalez, they're on the same amount of goals. So they are right now. Um, both are on six league goals. Um, see Kyle Lafferty, do you think he's been, overall, do you think he's been a success so far? Even though it's been in December, do you think he's really lived up to the hype that the Hearts fans gave him? Well, considering the... the I'm trying to think of the, the word. Considering, like, when he was signed, the hype around Kyle Lafferty when he arrived was a player that can score goals, had been scoring goals for Northern Ireland... Yes, he scored the same amount of goals as Gonçalves, but can you honestly say that Gonçalves and Lafferty have the same amount of work rate and how much effort they've been putting in? Because Gonçalves has been easily hot standout player. Meanwhile, Lafferty's been he's been scoring goals, but he's not been contributing enough. Mm. Gonçalves contributes near enough every time he plays for Hearts. I don't think see the partnership with Lafferty and Gonçalves. I don't think it works. I just don't think they have chemistry with each other, and I just don't, I don't know what what it is but they just do not mix well together I'm afraid um, so well uh, anything else needs to be said in Hearts I don't think so um, we'll just um, move, uh, we'll move on from that and we'll talk about um, Aberdeen um, a lot has went on with Derek McInnes but I think you want to get to that later on um, we'll get on to that later on but yeah uh, Aberdeen beat Dundee 1-0 on a Friday night and if I'm being honest mate um, Dundee I felt as though they deserved a point out of that game I don't think Dundee deserved anything out of that game. I think that everyone that's... I think what everyone's been pointing at, oh, Aberdeen didn't play particularly well. That game, I don't care what anyone says, that game wasn't about playing well. That game was about getting three points after the week that we had just had. It didn't matter how we got it, get the three points against an informed side and get back up the road. It was a very... Like, of, course, of, course, of course I can understand that point of view, right? It was a cold Friday night against Dundee. Dundee's not the easiest team to play against. But it was Aberdeen. I'm going to be honest, right? I'll be a little bit critical here. Aberdeen did not impress me on Friday night whatsoever. Um, it was not a fantastic game to watch, and the goal that he scored as well it was a very scrappy goal. But then again, they they all count. And obviously, I think I'm just being maybe maybe a bit too harsh. But it's three points in a clean sheet. Um, you can't really argue with that. But it was not a convincing performance in the slightest, mate. I think I don't think I don't think the performance was the main aim there. I think we done what we 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 wanted. Um, any standouts for you in that game? The standouts from the Dublin the league. Yes. Any players that really stood out to uh, stood out in the game? Obviously, I think it was McKenna got the goal. Yeah, I think I think McKenna, Lewis. I think Lewis made a few decent stops. Mhm. Um. Uh, I mean. Dundee, some of the Dundee players done alright. I think uh, that uh, Kamara that plays in the middle of the park for them, he's, he's a threat. I, I thought the midfield battle was quite decent as well. Um, I thought I, I thought Kenny McLean uh, had a good game on Friday night. I thought he knocked the ball around really well. I thought he was absolutely fine. Um, see McLean. Uh, uh, Dundee were giving Alwarden too much space in the middle of the park. I think Dundee were standing off too much. See McLean, mate. I think he's gonna be a big loss for you. So, like, how do you realistically replace Kenny McLean when he leaves at the end of the end of the season? I think I think he's 
agree. I don't think Ken McLean has been that much of a, a force this season, apart from the last couple of games. Like over the last few while or so, he's really he's he has like came on a game. I think at the start of the season, um, he was abysmal. Let's be honest. But see, ever since he told McInnes that he's going to be leaving at the end of the season, he's he just looks like a totally different player. I think. I think he's definitely trying to put himself in the shop window. I mean, he's trying to attract higher moves, and I think Aberdeen fans are fine with that as long as is he still performing, which he obviously has been doing. And I think you obviously appreciate the fact that McLean's told McInnes this early on in the season and he's not done what your uh, former skipper uh, done, where he said to McInnes he won't be going, then obviously you all know where he went. <laughs> so, yeah, um, not a great Aberdeen performance in the slightest, but three points, that's that's all you want. And McInnes, uh, the, the relief... He showed after the game uh, when you've got the three points with something else. Uh, I, th- I think you've seen it. There's a photo of McInnes uh, raising his uh, arm up in the air, and see when you zoom in, look when you, see when you zoom in at his eyes, it looks like he's holding back the tears. Did you uh, did you see that? I think both our management uh, management team at the end of the game. Uh, Tony Docker also goes over and celebrates for the fans, and uh, McInnes obviously looks pretty happy with himself. I mean that when. That win was for the fans. I think the fans backed them too very well during that game. And I think that was sort of given back to the fans. Um, what was going on with Tony, Tony Doherty? Uh, like, I didn't get a chance to ask you about this um, or speak to you about it. Um, what was going on with Tony Doherty and Neil McCann after the game? I've seen they were exchanging uh, a few well, words to each other. Both of them have said it was just handbags and they're fine now. So I think it must have been just a little disagreement. Like a bit it of, obviously yeah, a little a bit of heat moment stuff. on camera. Hmm. Yeah, just a little bit of the heat the moment stuff. Yeah, so we'll um, move on from uh, obviously the Aberdeen game and we'll talk about the Rangers game. Um, Rangers beat Ross County 2-1 at the weekend. Um, first half, we were we were not good at all in the first half. Um, it was a really poor display and Rangers were not great whatsoever. Um, but I still feel as though Rangers were the better team. Um, Rangers were a better team. Um, Ross County were not that. I don't care what anyone says. Ross County were poor on the day. They scored a very fortunate goal, in my opinion. Um, our defending was really poor. Uh, Declan John got caught I, out. I actually think it was a well worked goal from Ross County. <laughs> um, when County took the lead, I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. But and then uh, the second half, we took off Carlos Pena, which was the right move because Pena was just all over the place. He's, it was like he was back to his uh, old self. And Morale, uh, Morales came on for Pena and Morales totally changed up the game. He was um, he was outstanding. He was brilliant. And he, he scored the end of that goal drought of uh, two months or so. And I had been saying to you, mate, all Morales needs is a goal to raise his confidence, then he's off to the races, as we'll get to later on as well, how he's going against Hibs. And Morales was uh, fantastic. Danny Wilson, oh, he ended up getting the winner as well. And yeah, Danny Wilson, JJ, he's uh, been playing well over the last uh, few games or so, hasn't he? I still, he's been playing well, but I still think he's got, he's, every so often he's, he's, still, he's still got a bit of a suspect defending in him. Yeah, yeah, because see, any time he starts to play well, um, I try to convince myself that Danny Wilson's a, a good centre half. Then after about two or three games, he would just go back to being really poor. But credit to him, he's been play, been he's been playing well over the last few while or so. Um, Declan John, 
Um, he's not a fullback at all. <laughs> Declan Jones is not a fullback. But we have no one else that can play in that position. I don't want to stick Lee Hodgson there because Lee Hodgson is, let's be honest, he's terrible. Um, but Declan John, he, he's a winger. Um, like Tavernier, I don't care what anyone says. Tavernier is not a fullback. I, I have debates with Rangers fans about this all the time. Tavernier is not a right back. I've said, said this to you and I've said this to you and I've said this to you. I think Tavernier might actually be Rangers' best player. Who? Tavernier? His performance, his, 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 yes. His performance levels have been so much better than anyone else this season in my opinion he, he has like um, see going forward it's this old thing that I'll go back to going forward he's unbelievable he's great but defensively he gets caught out far too much especially when he's got a winger running at him he gets too flustered he doesn't know what to do that's my main gripe with Tavernier as I feel back and let's be he honest he can going backwards oh no, no no not at all not at all but see, see, if, see if he's standing up a winger he's fine but and when he's defending going backwards, he can't do it. He simply cannot do it. No. Um, but it was it was a hard-fought victory. Um, Rangers showed a lot of character, uh, so we did. And Kandias, right? Got a great with Kandias, right? Do you know, I think he's got the most assists in the Premier League right now, right? And see the thing that really annoys me about Kandias, right? He, for, for the majority of the game, he'll be hitting in all these crosses and they'll be abysmal, they'll be terrible crosses, but you'll get, like, one cross out of seven which should be an absolute blinder of a cross, like a fantastic cross, which will lead into a goal. That's the my main gripe with Tavernier in general. It's just it is so infuriating. I, like Tavernier, um, he's I have been critical of him. Um, he's oh, he's all right. He's he's a decent a decent player, but he's just so one dimensional. Oh, as soon as he gets the ball, um, even though he's playing out wide, or if he gets it in the centre of the park, you're just screaming for him just to run. Uh, down the middle and take on defenders but no he just runs out wide and then he'll just get caught by like two defenders and two players running at him then he won't know what to do and he'll panic so that's my main gripe with uh, Candias but he's got the most assists in the Premier League can't argue with the stats um, but Ross County though JJ I don't, I, I, ever since Owen Coyle took over I was very critical of him I was like what are they doing here and the last couple of games of that's Two, they obviously they drew the command or winning 2 0. What's going on in the county at the moment? A wee bit, a wee bit of free fall, I think. I've wondered that county have been a team that's been steady since he took over. They've been, they've been performing well, the performance levels have been there, but they're not necessarily getting the results they deserve. They are they're going to be lingering around the relegation zone because obviously Stephen Cart. They'll be there, yes, but I, I'm not sure I fancy them for relegation. Um, I think I think County will be in my opinion I think they'll either finish bottom or in the playoffs that's uh, that's what I think if I'm being honest with Ross County that's it um, so we'll move on uh, from Rangers and we'll talk a little bit about what game do you want to talk about should we St. Johnston Hamilton oh St. Johnston Hamilton yes uh, St. Johnston back they were back well, they were back to winning ways um, they beat um, Hamilton 1-0 and the manager of the month curse uh, uh, continues and uh, Martin Cannon wins a manager month and form goes right out the window they lose to St. Johnston and yeah I feel as though it was um, it was not a great St. Johnston performance but three points and a clean sheet can't argue with that Well. Yep, exactly, and that was poor defending from Hamilton there. How did that ball make its way through? It was, it, it, was, it was a good ball, it was a good idea, but 
realistically one of those defenders should be getting it. Yeah, exactly, I know. Um, so do you think Hamilton will be frustrated they never got anything from that game? Because overall I thought they, they were the better team. What they do best, mate. They don't play necessarily well, but they leave with three points. So I think Hamilton will be disappointed that they never at least got a point from that game, but they had the opportunity to win that game. Yeah. No, because they would see, yeah, like they had plenty of opportunities, but obviously they just did not take them. And uh, Tommy Wright surely was over the moon uh, with getting those uh, three points. But St Johnston, obviously we'll talk about it later on, there's still, I don't know, there's still a dark cloud, I think, hanging over. St Johnson and I think there is a lot of uncertainty in my opinion about Tommy Wright I said on the pod last week I think this will be Tommy Wright's last season uh, he just looks mentally drained I don't think he's took Aberdeen eh, no Aberdeen sorry uh, he's took St Johnson as far as he can not much left for him to do there I think what do you think do you think it will be the right time for him to move on at the end of the season well he's he's won the Holy Grail with St Johnson he won the Scottish Cup and I don't think it would uh, like Rooney's legacy if he says I'm just going to resign at the end of the season I've done all I can I think St Johnston fans will see him in a very very positive light if he resigns at the end of the season because he's been there a long time he's been there since I think 2013 he's done a, a remarkable job I think that's, I think that's so, at least four seasons so. yeah he's done a remarkable job but I don't think um, I think it would be the right move for him because Obviously, as I said, he's took them as far as he can, and what else can he actually achieve there? So I think you'll just want a fresh challenge, something new, and you'll be away at the end of the season. So yeah, and we'll move on. Um, Hibs, my main event, Hibs v Celtic. Is, is, that, is there any other games? I think I Hibs v Celtic. I well, the the, the cool main event. <laughs> so Hibs v Celtic. Hibs drew two each with Celtic at Easter Road. And Celtic went in two now in the last fifteen minutes or so, I think it was, and yeah. have brought it back and made it to each. I think if if you're a Celtic fan, you've got to be worried at how they conceded two goals in the last ten minutes of a game. Yeah, exactly, mate. I was speaking to a couple of Celtic fans, and I'm like, you are no, not you're not annoyed, you No, no at all, not at all. Oh, done beating one stays on, but I'm like. You just were winning 2 0 in the last 15 minutes and Hibbs brought it back and made it to each. Like, come on, how are you not annoyed at this? Just, it, it, I thought it was, it was baffling. Terrific defending. I think the first goal, I don't have a clue what that defending was about. They get caught out with a short corner and Effie Ambrose, the wrong people, <laughs> gets on the end of it. Yep, exactly. And then towards the end of the and game. I think the defending, I think the defending for uh, Oli Shockwiser as well is also very poor. Mm, oh, I no, I absolutely agree. When they brought on Barker, much like what they did against Rangers, when Barker got got a run down the wing, that was clearly a danger area for Hibs. And yeah. Celtic never realised that. Lustig gets beaten about three times before, before Barker initially gets the ball in the box for a shot at decoys. So I don't understand why they haven't recognised that and rectified it before they concede. And Celtic were inches away from getting beat if it was not for Lustig's uh, uh, clearance. 
Well, but you, you know, you aren't, you aren't allowed to bring that up because it was Craig Gordon, the best keeper in Scotland, who dropped that ball. <laughs> and it was uh, no, it was they were very, very. You do realise realize if Hibs had scored from that, you would have not heard the end of, the end of that from me that Craig Gordon ended Celtic's uh, unbeaten run. Oh, can I imagine? Imagine the, the scenes. Oh, but they'd still, they'd still somehow be a defence for him. Uh, no, I just don't get that. I really don't. I always question Celtic fans' reasoning on that. How's Craig Gordon the best keeper in Scotland? I'm not even pulling any punches anymore. Craig Gordon is the weakest player in that Celtic team. I, think, I would find it very hard for a Celtic fan to disagree uh, with that I mean, statement. You could, they, you, they've never, that's, a, that's the one area that Celtic have never really been strong in. Even their sub-keepers for the last how many years has been poor. Like Doris DeVries, he's not taking that number one jersey off of Gordon. No, not at all. I just don't understand why Celtic didn't cash in on him and bring in a young up and coming keeper uh, last season because obviously he was like I think Chelsea made a made a bid and Gordon wanted to go but Rodgers wanted him to stay like why like Gordon's getting up there in age and we both agree in this Gordon is not a good keeper he's not back in his heyday he most certainly was but no he's not anymore and. We said it before, Craig Gordon, you put him in a Rangers team, Aberdeen team, a Hibs team, the guy will struggle. He would he will struggle. It's simple as that. It's not it's clear as day, he would struggle. Um other, other going back to the game, I think it's clear to see that unlike any other team in the league, Hibs might actually have Celtic number. Um so they've I think in the last three games I've played Celtic, um they've scored two goals in the last three games against them. Uh, I think it's I know it's crazy. It is. Um, and so I think I think Neil Lennon might actually have Brendan Rodgers' number. He just never managed to. He's never got lucky with that goal to yeah. win them the game. Yeah, no. So here's uh, what all the media were talking about um, after the game. Who do you think won the midfield battle, Scott Brown or John McGinn? First half, Scott Brown comfortably. Second half, John McGinn comfortably. I feel as though um, in the first half, Scott Brown definitely dominate them in the midfield and then the second half Scott Brown took his foot off the gas got a bit complacent uh, John McGinn wanted it more Neil, um, Neil Lennon obviously got right through the players at half time and yeah absolutely I absolutely think uh, in the second half uh, John McGinn won the midfield battle absolutely um, see but what do you think now of this, all this talk about John McGinn and how much he's really worth how much do you realistically think the guy's worth Is he not on a long contract? A long-term contract that had? Hmm? Is he not on a long-term contract? I'm sure he is, yeah. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. If it's an English club that are coming in, I think that Hibs could easily cash in for possibly... Well, how much would they apparently turn down in the summer? How much would they turn down in the summer? Um, I think it was allegedly £2.5 million or something like that. I, that's what if, they're here. That's what they're here say. That's what it must if you can, if it is confirmed that they turned down two point five in the summer, he's definitely worth worth more than that now because he's been better this season than any other season. I would have said what I was going to say was maybe one point five or two million. Yeah, that's if just they turn, yeah. That, if they did turn down two point five. If that is true that they turned down two point five. I don't see why you couldn't get three million for that player. Yeah, it's all it's all here. Say, but uh, going back to just briefly what I said there about obviously how Lennon got through the players at half time. It's in the first half. Um, the reason why I said that I feel was all Lennon would be raging at how they played in the first half. I don't think I, I do not think he was great in the first half. And then in the second half, as soon as Celtic took the lead, 
that's where they really took the fuel off the gas. Yeah, but uh, as you were saying, John again, I don't. I know Forrest made an approach, right? I know they made an approach, and I'm. This is definitely true. That I think it was like eight hundred to nine hundred k. They put in a bid for John again, but the two point five one is just all hearsay. It's all rumours. But if it is true, that's. I cannot. I, I, the rumour I heard that I cannot be. Cons- it can't be confirmed because I, I don't know if it's 100 percent true. But I'm hearing that Celtic have actually already paid five million pounds out in transfer fees for a January tra- for two signings in the general transfer window, and it's a it's well it's between three players. It's either John McGinn, Lewis Morgan, or that a uh, Henry from Dundee. See the way that Brendan Rodgers spoke after the game and said that Scott Brown completely dominated the midfield. Judging by those comments, I don't know. I don't think Rodgers fancies John McGinn. And if I'm being honest, right, I don't think John McGinn fits in that Celtic midfield. I don't think he does. But I, 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 see, I said this to you so many times. I think John McGinn is the natural succession to Scott Brown. Hmm? I say? think John McGinn is a natural successor to him. Do you think so? I think, I think John McGinn actually has more ability than Scott Brown. I think Scott Brown is just a hatchet man. Yes, Scott, yes, Scott Brown can dictate the play, but I think John McGinn can do it better. And I think John McGinn will do it better in the coming years. What did you make of, let's uh, see the hands of John McGinn on, um, we'll, get, well, we'll get that later on, but basically John McGinn Wednesday night, first half he was, uh, he played well, but second half, where was he? <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into that later on. Um, anything else you need to add on the, the Celtic game? Um, I don't think there much is really, but um, Celtic fans, I don't get it. How are they finding this? How how are they finding my fair winning two 0 in the last fifteen minutes and losing a two uh, two goal lead? Well, I just don't get that. Here's what I think, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that anyone else is going to win because I think Celtic are going to win. But I think Celtic fans are getting so caught up in this unbeaten run that they seem to forget they're only like what six points ahead of the second place. Yep, six points. So but, uh, Celtic, yeah. Celtic are only. That's, they're only six points ahead of Aberdeen and Rangers. I know. So, if Celtic, if Celtic draw these games, the teams are still there. If Aberdeen and Rangers continue winning, then they're, they're there. They're still in touching distance to Celtic. Celtic are getting caught up in this. Is it six to nine game unbeaten on this? Something like that, yeah. They're getting caught up in this that they're forgetting. There's still a league to be won. You still need to do the business. And it, it's, it's, becoming seem, it's becoming seem like a case of they're defending the unbeaten streak rather than defeating, rather than defending the title. Yeah, and they're not even looking at who's behind them. Like, as we're saying, Rangers and Aberdeen are six points behind. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, right, because I don't think it is going to happen. But, so this this month alone, for example, right, we play Hibs Hibs this weekend. Then we play Celtic. Say Aberdeen's done the unthinkable and beat Celtic, right? The gap's down to three points. Say Rangers win as well, that's down to three points. Then say... You, you, Rangers play Celtic at uh, New Year as well. What if Rangers beat Celtic? It's possible. Then there's no gap. There's no gap, and your unbeaten streak's gone. Is that when Celtic then start to look at the the table again? Yeah, I know. And see the hands with Celtic. Every game with them because they've got the unbeaten run. Every game for them is a big game, and they're just getting to that stage where as long as the unbeaten run is intact, they don't care. Except I was texting Celtic fans after the game. They're all buzzing like, oh. I've still got the unbeaten run, but I'm like, drop two points. Well, is, is it not even Celtic's official Twitter now is advertising a game as the 70th game or whatever? 
Yeah. And it's like, no, that's you should be looking at it as these teams are six points behind you. Six points behind you. You have been very, very, very much worse, much worse than what you were last season. Mm-hmm. So you aren't the same team that you were last season. The gap is far shorter than what it was last season, mm-hmm. and you are still focusing on the unbeaten streak. It's like start focusing on beating these teams. I know, I know their argument is we've already beaten some, we've already beaten Rangers, we've already beaten Aberdeen, but see dropping points like that. They're just that that keeps Aberdeen and Rangers there. It keeps them there. Where they're, as long as they can see you, they're going to keep believing they can't catch us. And look who's nearly beat them this season: Kamarnock nearly beat them, St Johnson nearly beat them, Hibs nearly beat them twice. <laughs> like there are teams that like they're very very lucky. And I would say at the weekend there that was the luckiest they had gotten uh, this season. I think that see Celtic in the Europa League and having European football. Uh, after New Year, I think that's going to be a blessing in disguise for all the other teams oh, because yeah. that's going to keep Celtic concentrating on Europe. Yeah, that's the best thing. That because uh, see that Europa League schedule, that is brutal. Having a game in the I first day, then a game I in the Sunday. I hope they beat them. I hope they beat them, but just purely because it's going to keep them concentrate on European football for much longer. Mm, yeah. Because when Celtic concentrate on European football, they are very, they are much poorer domestically, and that's only good news for all the other teams. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about uh, the midweek uh, fixtures. And uh, Partick Thistle. Oh, back to winning uh, ways for Thistle, especially after that horrendous result uh, against Kilmarnock. Um, they beat Motherwell 3 2. And <laughs> Partick Thistle were 3 0 up in the first half an hour, mate. <laughs> what a turnaround. Alan Archibald, uh, you see uh, Alan Archibald cancelled the Partick Thistle uh, players' Christmas night out, as he should. The absolute right move. And yeah, 3 0 up in the first uh, 30 minutes, and they beat Motherwell 3 2. What is going on with Motherwell right now? As we were saying earlier on, bubble burst, I think. Uh, well, I think they're finding it tough because anyone would find it tough if you lose your top goal scorer. Of course, yeah, but it's. They're, they're, uh, we like bubble right now, is it's came to an end. I think it's burst now. And I do know those three games against Celtic, um, considering how close they came. Uh, even in the, the even in, in the cup final and in the midweek game, they came so close. Then they got a hammering off Celtic, and it's just I think it's hurt them. If I'm being honest, it has hurt them. Motherwell still, still have a lot to be happy about. They still got a decent squad. It's just it's just the problem they have now is they've lost their crown jewel. And how do you move on from it? Yeah, and in the second half, I'll give Motherwell a bit of credit. They lifted their game up uh, in the second it's, half it's worth, noting, it's worth noting Mullow also didn't have their, goal, their regular goalkeeper and there was another player out injured I think was it Cadden I don't know if it was Cadden but there was another one of their players out injured no it was Hartley I think it was their centre back it was out as well so they had that's what three big players missing yeah um, but as I was saying in the second half um, obviously they were missing players in the second half they did up their game and they tried to get a comeback in the goal and the second half they were much much better and Thistle were just effectively hanging on for the three points much like Rangers were <laughs> it didn't matter how Thistle won that game just as long as they got the three points after that result at the weekend yeah that was a, I did not see Thistle um, getting a result there uh, no I did not see Thistle beating Motherwell at all uh, but but I, th- I don't know who Motherwell have got uh, this weekend no need, obviously you'll get the fixtures up later on but like, they're going to need to bounce back well win they do because the last yeah. three games are, yeah, yeah. Over the la- like last three or four they games have been really poor. It's going to start seeping into the league. Yeah, 
creeping into the squad that maybe they can't win without Lemo. Yeah, and see with the media and obviously podcasts like this, right, that are coming out and saying that Motherwell are lost without Louis Moult, and that's obviously going to get to the players' heads. So Robinson needs to find a way to um, obviously, like, get, I don't know, just get around that, to fit, like, fit, like, get around that, and they, and it obviously is a big loss. And I don't know, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Motherwell, I really don't. But we are talking as if Motherwell are in absolute crisis. <laughs> but they're not in a crisis, but there's concerns. If they band together, I still think they could easily sneak a top six spot. Yeah, you know, they're oh, absolutely in top six contention. It'll be St. Johnson, Hearts, and Motherwell. But they're going to need to fill that void a Lumo soonish. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll move on from uh, the well. And we'll talk about Kilmarnock. They drew with uh, Ross County uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, Kilmarnock, oh, they were losing 2 0 and they brought it back to 2 each. And Chris Boyd and Brophy on the score sheet yet again. Yeah, I think, I think Kelly might be on to something, putting them two together. Oh, yeah, 100%. And here, baby, ah, ah. I know for the last couple of weeks they were starting one or the other and then they started putting them both and they're both now scoring. Mm. Yeah, they they're they're really they're doing really well together, and I felt as only I felt as though uh, Kamara should have nicked it. Uh, I think Kamara were the better I think, team. I, I think it would have been very harsh on Ross County if they didn't get something out of that game because Ross County did play well to get to the point where they were two 0 up. Like, no, I'm not denying that, but I felt as though like Ross County they were, they were all right, but I thought County you know no County Kamara. Well, they were really. I thought they were really impressive, especially in the second half. They showed a lot of character, a lot of fight, and Steve Steve Clark would have laid into them because he expects high standards uh, from his commander players. Because he was assistant manager at Jose Mourinho for many many years, he has that that mindset. So he does uh, the, like the, uh, a Jose Mourinho Steve, mindset. Expects high standards. Winner, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who he manages. He expects high standards. Yeah, exactly, and that just shows and you... That's what Kelly haven't had since Kenny Shields. Exactly, that's a good point. Because remember, see right after that uh, game against Aberdeen, what do you think Lee McCulloch would have said? He would have said, oh, it was a poor performance there, uh, but he, would, think, he, would, not, he would not have laid into them. I think if I'm being honest, Lee McCulloch would have probably went into that change room and said, it's all, it's all right, boys, if we're playing one of the top teams in the league. Right, we'll pick ourselves up uh, next week. He would have had that mentality of, right, we go again. Steve Clark did not hold back, he laid right into them. Steve Clark has no has no reason to hold back because well, he got he got a draw at uh, he got a draw at Ibrox he got a draw at uh, Parkhead and then he's uh, and then so when he played Aberdeen at home he would have thought I've got a draw against those two teams I could probably get something against Aberdeen and then his team don't turn up and he's thinking well how can you do it against Celtic and Rangers can't do it at home against Aberdeen exactly I know and uh, credit to him. It was uh, a well-earned point, which I felt was though they should have got all three. And I'm just looking at the, the league table right now, JJ, and I think Ross County are sitting 10th uh, right now. Um, yeah, they're sitting 10th uh, right now. I don't know, I just think they're, a, they're not in a good vein of form right now, that's for sure. And they'll be well in, they'll 100% be in contention for going down this season. Um, and we spoke about it last week, uh, about Ross County in the final third. There's issues there. I don't care what anyone says, there's serious issues there in the bringing final in, third. Bringing in Chris Eagles doesn't 
does help that. Even though Chris Eagles isn't the goal scorer, Chris Eagles creates a lot of chances, but they need someone in that box to finish it. If Chris Eagles were in that team last year and they had boys, then that would have been some partnership. Mm. And uh, I'll ask you this one, right? Yeah, obviously, I know what the answer will be. Um, you've seen the highlights of uh, Commander on Ross County. What do you make of Chris Boyd? Do you think it was a dive? Or what do you think? Do you think it was a dive from the big if man? It's Chris, if it's Chris Boyd, it's a dive. Oh, come on. The, the vendetta. The, the hatred you have for Big Boydie. The man that scored the most goals in the SPFL in the history of the SPFL when you have this vendetta against a big man. Is it the well, comments over Shinny? Actually, Chris Boyd has the record for the most goals in the SPFL, not the SPFL. Oh, the, oh come on. Man. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Come on. You know what it is. It's the same thing. Yes, but... Honestly, right, see the hatred you have for our boys, why you're so against them. Is it, does it all stem from the comments you made about Graham Shinney and uh, Kim no, McLean? My, my, my hatred for Chris Boyd is because I don't like the fact that he is so openly so openly supporting Rangers while he is getting paid by Kilmarnock. I don't care if you support Rangers. If your job is to be a football player and you're working as a pundit as well, you give your 100% to being a footballer as well as being a pundit. Well, he's not even doing both of them right. Well, that's the, only, here's my argument, recently, right? He's only recently started performing well for Kilmarnock. Where were they all of last season for Kilmarnock? Instead, and, and, and at the start of this season, where was it at the start of this season? He was sitting, spinning around a seat at Ibrox saying, welcome to the most successful world in Kilmarnock. <laughs> right, no, that's so, my argument. I don't, if you're, you need to do, if, you're, if your job is to be a footballer, you owe the fans that are paying in a decent level of performance and he was not doing that. Right, this is my counter-argument to it, right, now I can finally get a word in. Um, my counter-argument is, see if he's turned up for training, right, if he's turned up for training on time, uh, etc, and he's not turned up late for games, and he's doing what's asked of him, I don't see what the fuss is. Uh, right, so I don't see what so the fuss is. If he can I'll do both, what, what's up with it? So I'll flip that round. Josh Windass turning up every single day to train, and for so long he wasn't performing. Are you happy with that? But just because he was turning up and doing what he was... No, but the thing is, so Boyd is at that stage in his career, he's getting up there and he's he can do both. Matter. Chris Boyd can do both. And you, Chris Boyd scored eight goals this season, mate. He scored eight goals this season. That's right, that's more than some of Aberdeen players, just saying. He's only recently hit form at Kilmarnock. Where was he all last season? Where was he at the start of this but, season? Right, yeah, I think you're singling out Chris Boyd here. Chris Boyd's a player that needs to get service. Yeah, I think you're singling out for, like, for, for, for how he played last Chris season. Boyd, I think the whole Kilmarnock team have been put. I mean, there's some players in that Kilmarnock team that need to go look at themselves and always started performing once they become. But you know, you know the type of player. You know the type of player Chris Boyd is, though, mate. Also has a job in the media. But you know the type of boy, uh, the player that Chris Boyd is, right? He's not going to be like a player like Mr. Dembele that's going to run at defences. You need to like cater to cater to Chris Boyd. You need to give Chris Boyd service. If you do not give Chris Boyd service, he'll play poor. If you give Chris Boyd service in the box, he'll score goals. It's it's uh, it's as simple as that, mate. And eight goals a season, mate. Can't argue with that, can you? You can't. You, you cannot. But yeah, I don't see what the fuss is. Chris Boyd can do media. All he wants, he's more entitled to do it. He's earned that. He's earned his stripes. He's had a fantastic career. He was a fantastic player, but in his heyday, and he's still not a bad player nowadays. I think you can. I know deep down, I think you can admit that. Well, no, in fact, no, there's no chance of you admitting that one. But yes, we'll move on. We'll move on, and we will talk about St Johnston and Aberdeen. Aberdeen, I have to say, JJ, that was a much improved performance uh, against uh, St Johnston, beating St Johnston three 0 um, I was, I was very impressed to say the least. I think 
I think that performance is everything that wasn't at Dundee. Dundee was all about the three points. St. Johnson, we expected a bit more swagger, show a bit more ability, and we did. Mm-hmm. We went. McDonald Park's not an easy place to go, regardless of what form St. Johnson are in. And so, I think coming away, with, that's why we got two three in a win against St. Johnson last season. And see the so, thing, I see the thing, oh sorry, on you go. Well, as I was saying, that was, that was, that was two three now results we've got against St. Johnson. That's nothing to be sniffed at. And we've done so twice in a comfortable, comfortable and controlled manner. Mm-hmm. And uh, your favourite, Carrie Anderson, got a, got a goal, so he did. I think that's his, is that not his first goal this season. So delighted. Is that not his uh, first goal this season? Second, second, second. he's scored against his mm. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, it's in goal, you, I don't know what it is, but Tommy Knight always, t- always seems to have. Aberdeen's number and Derek McInnes' number and I thought it was going to be a real tough affair for Aberdeen considering the fact that St Johnson won at the weekend and I said that uh, I put on the podcast uh, the, the Scottish Squad Twitter page that it would be one each and pff, my god man what a, what a comfortable display that was uh, from Aberdeen Ryan Christie in the score sheet as well I thought he was a standout for you as, uh, so he was um, I, thought, uh, I, thought, I thought every player every player that played performed to a standard that's much more expected of Aberdeen in recent years and I think that's, that's all, we've got two tough games coming up now we've got Hibs this weekend and Celtic then coming up so we've got a big a big run of fixtures coming up so it's about time that Aberdeen showed a bit of ability as well as the, the, the ability to grind out um, So what about McInnes right or well, well briefly should we want to just talk about McInnes now? Um, but before we go on to McKenna's, we'll talk a little bit about St. Johnson. Uh, yes, St. Johnson, pff, they were abysmal. They were really, really abysmal, I thought. I think, I mean, every, every, St. Johnson were just, I wouldn't even forced St. Johnson into mistakes, and St. Johnson were allowing them to do it. And it was a, it was a very poor display. Um, it was. They, they're in free, I don't know, man, like, at the weekend they're obviously won, but I don't know, they're just, they're, I'm not going to say they're in a crisis, they're not, they're not in a crisis. But as I was saying, Tommy Knight, Tommy Knight, he's he just looks fed up. He just looks like he wants out. And in January, mate, O'Halloran is looking very, very lightly that he'll be back at Rangers, which is great news for Rangers, but bad news for St. Johnson. Is, is, is Rangers actually, are they going to use him? Or is it just going to be a case that he comes back and then goes back out again? Um, I think um, whoever's in charge, right, I think it'd be very silly to send Michael Halloran back out in loan because he's a, we need a player like Michael Halloran in our team. Hopefully, we could play him maybe down the middle or whatever, or maybe down the middle or up top. Because um, over recent weeks, uh, over the last uh, few games, we have uh, played, we've uh, been playing Josh Windass up top, and it's worked out. It's worked out really well, and I think O'Halloran can be effective up top for Rangers as he's proven at St. Johnson. Yeah, I think Graham Murty, if Graham Murty's in charge or whoever it is, they need to bring O'Halloran back to Rangers. But how do St. Johnson replace him? That's the question. It's not like they've got a lot of money to spend. Can they replace him? Is the problem that Tommy Tommy has is he's always been able to reshuffle his pack and he does it at the end of the season. I said, I, I made this a clear at the start of the season. I didn't think this was going to be a good move for St. Johnson because they were going to lose him. And they wouldn't have time to replace him with anyone. So I don't, I don't know who he's going to reshuffle and get in, especially when on such short notice. He's only got a month to do this, and yeah. it's to be right for St. Johnson. It's to be right for the player as well. So 
Um, see the thing is, uh, I don't know. The thing I find quite, I don't know, slightly concerning. Um, obviously, Casino didn't rate O'Halloran whatsoever, right? And right now, if it's Murty past New Year, right? Uh, it will be our director of football, Mark Allen. That will be he's going to be in charge of signings and all that kind of stuff. He'll be in charge of signings and whatnot. And Murty, if he is, if he's just say he's going to get it to the end of the season or whatever. Murty will not really have a say in the signings. He's just going to be identifying the strengths and weaknesses of the squad and then Alan will need to go out and get a player. But I th- I'm quite worried that Alan doesn't rate O'Hallan. I, I think I'm, I'm a bit worried about that. Because he... Uh, well, obviously we brought him in, uh, I think it was November time. I We brought uh, Alan in November time. Um, so hopefully he rates O'Hallan and obviously we keep him. Uh, on the books and he gets a game yeah but I don't know how St Johnson replace him uh, I don't know if, so, if Rangers got if Rangers got rid of Michael Howard permanently the risk would be what if Michael Howard works his way back up and ends up at a team like Aberdeen Hearts or Hibs uh, yeah, actually does a job yeah exactly exactly that's the thing we're running this for Rangers fans and the Rangers fans and the Rangers the recruitment staff better believe that if Michael Howard does start to show some form those clubs will be in for him because he's a quality player and he could easily play in a club at that level. Oh, easily. O'Haran, I said it from day one, uh, O'Haran has never given a fair chance at Rangers. The guy's a real quality player. He's never given a fair uh, track I, I at it. Clear, I made it clear, I can't remember if I said it to you or whoever, but I made it clear that if Michael Haran was available, I'd take him at Aberdeen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that. And you see, the thing is as well, but under Warburton, O'Haran would, uh, like, He'll get brought in the team O'Halloran, uh, he'll play well for one game, then in the, the next two games after that, he won't play so well, and then that's him out of the team. He was never given a fair chance, he was never given a good uh, run of games. The guy, guy's really, really good. And I'll never forget that time at Ibrox uh, two years ago, where we played St Johnson in the League Cup, and O'Halloran ragdolled us, he absolutely uh, battered us. The, the moves that earned him a move to Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Like he ran from the halfway line. And that was Warburton's first uh, ever loss, and then I think that night Warburton just fell in love with O'Halloran, and he was like, "Right, let's go get him," and just never given a fair chance. Yeah, so we will move on to Hearts versus Dundee, and Neil McCann. By the way, did you hear his pre-match interview? Did you get a chance to hear? I've not heard anything. Oh, Neil McCann is feeling very cocky. Uh, He was very cocky. He was feeling very confident about getting a result at Tynecastle and Hearts it was an absolute breeze for Hearts wasn't it? Well, Hearts just strolled just completely strolled it which is what they've not done in, in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, it on the score sheet uh, big Christoph better <laughs> getting a wee goal as well so he did well do you know what I think is also noting about the Hearts goals that 16 year old that dinked the fruit against Shelby's yeah he got an assist First ever, first ever uh, appearance for Hearts. First ever start for Hearts, and he only signed a professional contract in the summer. That's a great story. And that, so that is, that he, is really nice to he's see. And that, that, that was, I think, mean, I think Hearts finished something like uh, Hearts finished that game or started that game or something like that with two sixteen-year-olds in their squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and yeah. that just goes to show. That just goes to show that if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah, exactly. I know, and you know, does, like honestly, like see what, what what's his name again? The young sixteen-year-old. Uh, uh, McDonald, I think. 
he showed some real flashes of quality, so he did. He looks well, like... Even in his assist, even, even yeah. the ball he plays through against Shelby, he dinks the ball over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, honestly, he is a real... He looks like he'll be a real player. As long, but the thing is, obviously, Levine's going to need to nurture him and not like it's, rush him into the, the first team. the same situation as that Cochrane uh, that Hearts have got in the team. They can't play every game. No. They, they, they can't play every game. They can be, they can start the odd game and then come off after whatever time. But realistically, I'm not. I'm, I know I just said if you're good enough, you're old enough. But realistically, they aren't going to rock up to Parkhead mm-hmm. and play two sixteen-year-olds in the start. Mm-hmm. And if they do, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, and that that's the thing, though. Like you, you can't rush these young players uh, into the first team. He's sixteen. The fan, the fans will understand that he can't. He can't play every single game. No, you can't. No, um, it's not like. Do you think? What do you think? Do you think Hearts will keep him and amongst the first team, or do you think he'll be like in around under twenties? He'll stay with. I think he'll stay within the first team, but he will play some of the games for like the under twenties or whatever. But I think keeping him in around the first team, especially when he's already shown that he's capable of being in the first team, yeah. keep him around. Don't don't let him be forgotten. Keep him in and amongst the training with the first team. Yeah, and just say for example, right? Just say Hearts continue to play him uh, in the first team, like they give him a lot of game time. That will. Hurt him. That, that that will like like that will be a bad thing for him because uh, here's an example. Look at Theo Walcott. Um, at sixteen years old, uh, he was like he was up in the he got called up to the World Cup. I'm sure did he not? He got called up to the World Cup, and even at eight, eighteen years old, he was playing first team football. Uh, week in week out, and to, like you look at him now, he get he's constantly injured. Like remember, he's like that's the thing. Like if you rush these young players into the first team, they're going to get injury, uh, very injury prone. Uh, as their career goes on, so it's a risky thing. And Levine knows he's not. He's not that. He knows he's not there yet. He's nowhere near ready. But he's got potential to be. He's shown flashes of quality. He's got potential to be something. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, feel, I think Hearts have got a good uh, academy there. So they do. They've got a good youth setup. And you can just look at the, pl- the young players I've brought in. Uh, like brought up through the years. So you've got well, Templeton, Nicholson, Walker. We were talking about how Scotland's defence going forward was sorted with the emergence of McCrory, McKenna, uh, uh, Henry from Dundee, and now we have a midfield. We now have uh, uh, Harry Cochran and McDonald from Hearts yeah. for a midfield. So we're, we're slowly but surely building our youth Scotland team. Yeah, and see, one thing I, I do like uh, as well, see, see when you compare English youth players to Scottish youth players, Scottish youth players are not going to be on the big bucks compared to the English youth players. Like, let's see... A 16 oh, the, Scot- the, uh, Scottish players, the Scottish players aren't going to be earning like five grand, ten grand a week. At 16 years old, I know. Like, that's... And then, see, that's the thing. See, when you look at, uh, like, the youth players in England, in English footballs, they're so out of touch with reality. It's unbelievable. It's so sad to see. Like, they've got every... Like, they've got agents. They've got all these people doing stuff for them. It's, it's a joke. So that's where... Like, like obviously the like the, the youngsters up here they they won't be getting too carried away uh, with themselves and they won't have a huge spotlight on them like if you play for a Hearts or Aberdeen essentially like no disrespect but like you know the media uh, if it, like for example look at young Ross McCory at Rangers the spotlight's on him right now and I think he'll be able to cope with it right he seems like he's got that type of character about him but that's the thing though if you're a youth player down south. The spotlight, and you're playing for like Tottenham or whoever, one of those big clubs, it really intensifies on you and it gets to you. So, 
Yeah, Levine making the right call, not rushing him into the first team, but yeah, the guy looks like he's going to be a player, that's for sure. And yeah, so we'll uh, move on from that. Anything you need to say about Dundee, how poor they were? <laughs> I think, I think Dundee's were, were pretty, like, literally at the start of this, we're talking about Aberdeen's first game against Dundee, they looked the same side that had been for the previous couple of weeks, but then they go up against Hearts and they're just com- the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. They looked like they, they looked like they shrunk back into their shell of they were scared to to get the ball down and play. They didn't even have L back two on, I believe, until like the sixtieth minute. Mm-hmm. So I think he's been one, one of their main. Yeah, I think he's uh, been one. Of, I think uh, L back two has been one of Dundee's best players this season. Yeah, well, you, you don't play, you don't bench one of your best players when you're sounding so cocky in the press, uh, the press beforehand, and then bench him until the hour when you're already losing. Oh, it just doesn't make sense mate you should have seen it right the contrast of McCann's pre-match interview and his post-match interview pre-match he was feeling so buoyant he was feeling so confident he was like we're going to do this and that then after the game he's slaughtering the Dundee players <laughs> absolutely slaughtering them laid right into them so he did but yeah, that's the thing McCann you can't be like, feeling all that cocky considering the fact that you lost your last game granted it was against Aberdeen if, but still if he'd beat Aberdeen if he'd beaten Aberdeen then yes then you can rightly go into that game bragging that you've beaten Rangers, you've beaten, I can't remember who they beat after that, then you've beaten Aberdeen. You have every right to be, you have every right to be cocky for going into that, uh, into Hearts after you, you've beat them. But see, when you haven't won your last game, I don't understand how you can be that cocky. Yeah, I know, I know. So, yeah, we'll move on to yeah, Celtic Hamilton. Right, I don't care what Celtic man say, say here, right? But it's just the same old, same old Celtic bar. They were comfortable. No, no, they won the fees. Celtic were sloppy. Yeah, well, Celtic what do you think? Do you think so? Celtic were sloppy. When, when they went one nil up, and then they were just sloppy. That nothing was sticking, and then Hamilton score, <laughs> and then that spurs Celtic into life. And yeah, got to get two two goals in a minute, and then the game done again. But that's that, that's the story. of The game was Celtic were sloppy until Hamilton scored, and then they upped their game and saw the game out. Mm. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Right, obviously when that that woke Celtic up. But right after that, as soon as, as soon as they took the lead again, they they were comfortable and it was just it was a breeze for them. It was, um, but that that's the thing. Like, see with these kind of results, if I'm being honest, these kind of results, right? There's not much we can say on them. Like Celtic, some Celtic fans say that we speak about Celtic very briefly, very quickly, and that's it. We don't like. There's not much to really say. If I'm being honest, it's like Celtic beat Hamlin three uh, one uh, at home. Okay, it was was. I felt as though like it was still they were, as you were saying it was, like, they were a bit sloppy but still went 3-1 it's still as soon as they took the lead again it was very comfortable for them and it's like another three points and Hamilton and of course like that's two losses on the bounce ever since McCann got no McCann Cannon got manager of the month but I wouldn't look too much into that um, because going to Parkhead against Celtic it's always going to be a big big ask um, but the, what do you think? Though? Did any players stand out for you uh, with Celtic? Any standouts at all? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, in Cham played pretty well for Celtic. Yeah, he, he looks like he's a decent player. Everything, everything. Most of the, most of what I've seen, I think I've seen when I've seen him play, he was a tidy player. But mm. I, I just what I don't understand is the the constant reshuffling in the midfield that Brendan Rodgers does. Mm. It's. Like one of the like Armstrong. I know it's hard to get Armstrong, Brown, and Cham and all that into the side, but 
What do you happy. Yeah, mate, what do you make of this thing, mate? Lee Griffiths, um, they see his wee Twitter, spat with the sun. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I won't I don't think that's any issue. No, but see the fact that Rogers. Do you know what Rogers has been coming out saying, right? Rogers has been coming out saying that there's going to be a lot of rotation in the squad. Where was Lee Griffiths? Lee Griffiths didn't start. I know, but I think the media. That's the the media Do you not need to question Lee Griffiths, uh, like, I don't know, his mindset in replying to the media? Why is he biting back? Why not just ignore them? Why not do, like, no, look, the right thing and ignore them? Obviously, he could stay quiet and just say nothing, but obviously, I don't think Brendan Rodgers will criticise him for, because he's responsible for his son said something, I think it was the son responding, like, Celtic star hits out, and then he was, he, he, he tweeted it again saying, I, I hit out at you, I didn't hit out at the boss, the boss knows there's no issue. But so I'm not just obviously... I, what do you what do you think though? Like, do you think Rogers is making the right call in starting Dembele ahead of Griffiths? If I'm being honest, um, See, I would. I've, I've made, I don't know. I've said this so much. I think it's t- it's tough when you have what I put two players of quality of both of them, and they, they can't play together. They both have different levels of ability. Griffiths is give them give them the ball, he run at them, he beat a man. Dembele is more give him the ball and around the box, and he'll finish it. But as well with the emergence of that, uh, is it Edward? Uh, like, yeah, everyone, yeah. For, everyone forgot that they brought him in and then he started scoring goals against so like they've got yeah. they've got a lot of quality in the final third um, but obviously Lee Griffiths before Dembele got back fit Lee Griffiths was on form he was scoring goals I think Lee Griffiths has scored something like hold on let me just get it up I think it's like 6 goals uh, no 5 he's only scored 5 <laughs> 5 league goals this season and um, that's quite telling so it is, and uh, uh, your favourite Chris Boyd scored more than him. Yeah, but yeah, like Lee Griffiths, he's a, he is a real top player, and me and you have said it before, we, we have praised Lee Griffiths, we said Lee Griffiths is like our Gareth Bale, he's our go-to guy when the going gets tough for us. Yeah, so, um, as, you, as you were saying, when you have that amount of quality in the final third, it's very difficult <laughs> to like have your like one standout striker that you're going to pick for uh, every single game and it, it, it's a shame though for Celtic fans that Griffiths and Dembele can't play together obviously not for us but <laughs> but it's if, a shame if for Griffiths them and, if Griffiths and Dembele could play together I'm telling you something the title race would have been over when they, they probably kicked off mm. yeah because with no team no team in this league and no defence in this league would be able to live with them too if they two were able to play with each other um, so should we we should we move on to the the main event Rangers v Hibs? I think we've covered all the games, haven't we? Yes. Yes, we have. So let's move on to Rangers v Hibs. Um, Rangers beat Hibs two one. Oh, yeah, actually, do you think it's going to turn out like the last time Rangers and Hibs played in this podcast, where it's going to be like a screaming match? I don't think it will, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Rangers uh, played Hibs. Uh, and at Easter Road and Rangers won 2-1 I was absolutely over the moon with that um, I'm not going to say it was a fantastic performance far from it, it was not um, the first half Rangers were very very fortunate to go in with the lead, Rangers were really really poor the first half mate, we were we were shocking, we, our passing was all over the place, we were getting dominated in the midfield battle and I said to you right before the game the midfield battle is the midfield battle is going to be crucial. It's going to be who decide, like that will decide who's going to win the game, and we were just all over the place in the first half. 
But how I was mind boggled, I was stunned how we went in at half time with a two one lead. One thing I'm going to be critical uh, of, I'm going to be very critical, right? See, for Lewis Stevenson's goal, the amount of space that boy got was ridiculous. Who? Why was nobody on him? That was that was embarrassing. How much space that boy got? Ridiculous. And when when Lewis Stevenson scored, I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. It's going to be one of these nights, one of these nights. And phew, Josh Windass, what a goal, mate! <laughs> right before half time, what a finish! I'm very hard on Josh Windass, right? But the boy scored six goals. Uh, for six league goals, right? I think that's six and I, th- I don't know. I think I think it's six and five or, or six and seven. Sorry, I'm not too sure. But six goals, and what a finish that was! And when that see since he's been playing down the middle, he looks like a different player. So he does. He looks like a different player. And Morales, my man, my boy, Morales. I said to you, mate. Said it to you. All he needs is a goal, and that's two goals in two games, mate. What's your thoughts? Any of this, it was a schema. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, see the bit, the bit, see the, the, keeper, the keeper stands tall and doesn't dip away from his near post, and that is saved. But what about the skill, though, that he done, the, the bit of skill that he, he showed? He, that was yeah, fantastic. He, 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 beats, he beats the defender well, however, the keeper just needs to stand tall, and I think Marciano had to take huge amounts of blame for that goal. Yeah, I'll be honest, right? The keeper, was, the keeper should have saved, saved it, but hey ho, that happens. Um, yeah, and at half time, uh, I was watching it in the pub, it was, it was bouncing, it was, everyone was all excited, but I was like, oh, I know this is Rangers. Uh, I'm not getting too excited. And obviously, Kenny Miller he got hurt in the first half. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, then in the second half, um, it was, yeah, that's Jose Mourinho, that's how you park the bus, mate. Rangers parked the bus, something awful, and Rangers defended extremely well, mate. You have to admit, Rangers defended superbly. Hibs, I'm um, credit where it's true, I'll give Hibs credit. Hibs were impressive uh, on Wednesday night they were. And Barker, why why did Lennon not start that boy? See, uh, by the way, I'm gonna say it now. See if Barker started that game, I think it may have been a different outcome. If I'm being honest, I think it I, would, I think the saves that Wes Fodring made from Barker's are very big saves. If that goes in Right, I know me and you will uh, completely disagree about this all day long, right? We have an opinions. We both, like, you rate Vaudenham, I rate Joe Lewis, but Wes Vaudenham for me is the best keeper in Scotland. Like, it's just my opinion, obviously, you think Lewis, but Vaudenham, he really earned his wage uh, on Wednesday night. He really did. He made, oh, see that save he made uh, onto the post? My God, unbelievable. He was by far, in my opinion, our man of the match. Um, what about what do you think in the midfield battle? I thought Ross McCorry really stood up to it. I thought Ross McCorry was outstanding. So he was, uh, especially in the second half. I disagree. I can, I disagree with that. I think I think John McGinn won it comfortably in the first half. Uh, yeah, in the first half, yeah, in the first half, I thought John McGinn won it. But in the second half, I thought it was all Ross McCorry. I don't. I don't think. I don't understand where Rangers fans are getting this. The second half was so much better. I thought the second half, all you've done was yes to Rangers credit if they held the shape and that's what they've done. Rangers didn't win the 
have the ball and then use that deep. I don't think there was any midfield battle because Hibs were all over it. No, what you see, you see, I, gonna, you see I, think you, I think McCrory, McCrory sat, but he was sitting in a certain sense of midroll, and then as soon as Hibs came forward, he slotted in and went into a third centre back. No, but that's what happened. I don't think it was a midfield battle. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest, I'll, I'll change that. Right? See, when it came up to Ross McCrory, Ross McCrory versus John again, I thought Ross McCrory won that all day long. I, I just thought he did. I thought McCrory was outstanding. And I see right now, we are missing Ryan Jack. In my opinion, Ryan Jack is our best midfielder. He is. Um, only I, because think it's telling. I think it's telling when Ryan Jack isn't that, in that side. Rangers couldn't make two consecutive passes. Oh yeah, that, that's the thing. We, we cannot in that first half. We cannot string two passes together whatsoever. And see, right, the reason why I'm saying Ryan Jack's our best midfielder is because he does the simple things well. He does the dirty stuff. He does. He he's the glue that keeps our midfield together. See, or like the dirty work. He does all the stuff that goes unnoticed. That's where he deserves a lot of credit. And you were missing him. A lot right now. I think he'll be back for. Um, he's missed two games already. He's got one more game, and he'll miss the St Johnson game, and he'll be back for. I think he might be playing Kilmarnock um, or Motherwell. I'm not too sure, but yeah, um, he deserves Ryan Jack's a top player, and yeah, credit where it's due, man. Ross Mc, uh, Ross McCoy, as I said, was really good. Um, Windass was good. Morales, he he was fine as well. But my God, like. I couldn't believe it, right? See that uh, when we hoofed the ball at the park, and I just see, and I see I did not see a blue jersey in the hips half, and then I just see Morales like literally outside our box. I was like, oh my god, we're doing it, we are doing it. It was very risky, but it paid off. Hibs, they should have had a penalty, but karma. That's karma. I couldn't believe it when I seen it was a penalty. It was I a stone waller. I don't care. I, like I honestly, it was a stone waller, but I do not care because. What goes around comes around. Stokes, uh, we're not getting into it, but Stokes should have been off uh, back in August. He didn't get sent off. It swings in roundabouts. I couldn't believe Palmer. that David Bates done that. I, I don't understand what threw his mind. I know, I know. It was baffling. Was I was like, what are you doing? He was unchallenged. And even at that, I don't know if Westford's going to give him a shout, but I don't know what he was trying to do. We got away with that, like, big time. We did. Um, the, linesman, the linesman is looking right at him as well. Oh, I know. It was it was staggering. It really was, and he obviously you can you seen after the game how raging Neil Lennon was with it. <laughs> he was he was absolutely seething. Yeah, but it was a uh, Rangers were we were like we were poor, right? Let's be honest, we were we were poor. But I don't think as a Rangers fan or any Rangers fan could say Rangers deserved that three points. Oh no, no, Rangers, we, did, we did not. Rangers we did held not. on. Ranger, Ranger, what they did to their credit is Rangers absolutely rocked a result, or a result in that first half and then just it seemed as if Rangers knew that if you tried to play Hibs and like you did in the first half Hibs would equalise and probably go on to score again mm. so what what the point was they were going to just sit in and defend it and that's what they did I don't think Rangers deserved the three points I actually think that Hibs probably deserved the three points Hibs didn't even deserve the point Hibs deserved the three points uh, and it's hard to, it's hard football, to disagree football's a funny game Mate, it's hard to disagree. I'm not going to come on here and say that we deserved anything from the game because we were poor on the night, and but we got the three points. That's football, and we defeat. I have to admit that, like the the biggest positive I can take out of that performance was that we defended well. We defended really well in the second half, and we held on. Yeah. So after the game, Neil Lennon made uh, the comment, which really was, in my opinion, mind-boggling, where he said that 
Hibs pumped us, which was not the case. And I'll say this. Wait, but, uh, uh, wait, hold on. Actually, uh, see the uh, stats that you sent me that you sent me from the BBC. Mm. They were completely inaccurate. How? Had, had, have more, had, had, had more possession than Rangers. What what it, stats did you see? The, the see the stats the stats on Sky Sports was something ridiculous. Like going into the last twenty minutes, Hibs had had something like seventy percent of the possession, and Hibs Rangers had thirty. So I don't, I don't, I don't. I think Rangers fans would have even been surprised to see the BBC came out with stats trying to say it was fifty fifty because it was not fifty fifty. Well, I don't know. Well, you see, well, I did feel as though that. Um, like in the last I, 20 I, minutes I, I, I did feel as though in the last 20 minutes Hibs did have more possession but I for Len- was watching that as a neutral Rangers didn't have the ball in the second but half. you see Lennon coming out and saying that though no. right you see Lennon coming out and saying that that Hibs pumped Rangers that no no Hibs did not pump Rangers That and you even you even agreed to me you said to me of course Hibs deserved uh, to win the game but they did certainly did, that was not a pumping that's what you said to me Hibs you know? But was that a pumping? No. no. They were clearly the superior team, but it was not, it was certainly not that. But this, this is where I'll need to defend, obviously, the way we, well, I, I'm not going to need to defend the way we played. I can totally understand why we were playing like that, because Miller obviously got injured in the first half, and we're missing... Which is a blessing in disguise, in my opinion, because Miller offers nothing. Well, I think, I'll disagree. Um, obviously, like, in the, we're missing Ryan Jack, we're missing Graham Dorans, and... We Marty made the right call. Could you imagine, right? We had Pedro Casinha in charge for that game. Uh, what how we would have played? We would have ended up like one and two one. Pedro would be f- uh, throwing bodies forward, just being completely silly, trying to finish the game off, and then Hibbs would have hit us on the counter, and Hibbs probably would have beat us com- uh, comfortably. But Marty, get that credit to him. He was smart enough to realise that right. Okay, let's. I'm going to play. I'm going to play it safe. Part the bus. Throw everyone back. And we got the result. Rangers got the result, and I was elated. I was buzzing with it. It was a big, big three points. And Graham Murphy, though, let's look at it. Graham Murphy, he's went to he's beat Aberdeen. I brought. He's went to Pedroja, got a result, and he's went Easter Road and got a result. And he done something Pedro couldn't do. Four wins in a row. He's got results, but see for every Hibs Aberdeen, you've got a Dundee, um, you've you've got a Dundee, you've got a Hamilton. I don't know, like in my opinion, uh, I wouldn't give Murty the job. I like him; he's a great standing, but we need to get someone appointed in January. We do, and I would say, um, oh, just before we that's a nice wee segue into Dent McKinnon, but I have to mention this before we go into that. Graham Murty, very honest in his post-match interview. He didn't come out and praise the teams or performance, say that we played well or whatever. He was brutally honest and he said, that's not the standard that the fans are wanting. Yeah, we got the three points, but we need to play better than that. And I loved that honesty from him. It was really refreshing to see. It, it was indeed. Yeah, so well, that's a nice wee segue into Derek McInnes. So it's a nice wee segue into your public apology for... Slayton, me and my dad for saying that McInnes wouldn't take the job. Let's be honest, right? Everybody in Scottish football, even you included, said that Derek McInnes is going to cut Rangers. Didn't you? Everybody in Scottish I, I, football I, 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 thought, I thought it looked like it towards the end, yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about it. let's talk about uh, the timeline of last week, right? Um, we recorded the podcast early in the day, right? And I've not brought myself back to listen to it because I don't want to hear how smug I was sounding about the whole thing. Just it what was my one quote that I said. I think it was. I was like JJ if Dent McKinnon McKinnis stays at Aberdeen, it will be an absolute miracle, and obviously that happened. So the timeline was I was sitting on my laptop, all buzzing, sitting a wee beer in hand, all excited, big cheese on my face, constantly refreshing the Twitter. Right, I was like, I'm waiting for Rangers to announce Dent McKinnis. Then it's you know, see a journalist tweet out Dent McKinnis to remain at Aberdeen. I went, no, no, what is going on here? Right, I go to the Twitter search engine, I type it in, then I see all these journalists tweeting out. Dent McInnes to remain at Aberdeen, Chris McLaughlin for BBC, Sky Sports, all of my tweet out, and I went, oh my God, I, I've never been so embarrassed in a long time, mate, and obviously, you know the name of the podcast last week, Dexit means Dexit, and when I came up with that name, I felt so proud of myself, I was like, what a bill that is, Scott, you've done well there, and then, what happened? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what happened? I, I, I obviously couldn't tell you what happened, I think that uh, Rangers clearly were our special downfall by waiting how long they did to even make contact. And I know, I know the whole thing about they were probably speaking through a front party or whatever. That's still not official contact. It was, and I think that was costing. Me, see. Um, the Rangers board, right? The Rangers board have handled this whole situation abysmally, right? It was, they handled it so, so poorly. What, see if Derek McInnes was, uh, as the media touted, and as what I've heard, that Derek McInnes was Rangers' number one target, right? See if he really was your number one target. Why not go get him right away? Why not go get him an international if, break? It made no if sense. that's your number one target, right, and you waited that long, imagine being the number two. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine being that number two. If like whoever Rangers, whoever Rangers go for now, they're always going to have in their mind they took six weeks to get in contact with the first one. Yeah, I know. That's all. That's all. And you're clearly the second favorite. That's that's all. That's forever going to be there. McInnes was the guy. That was the guy. Me, I actually feel as though the board deep down did not want McInnes I felt as though they, they really didn't want him. I felt as though I was reading an article. I was reading an article where I think summed it up. I think it came down to McInnes personally felt more wanted at Aberdeen than what he did at Rangers. I've heard that as well. And I think Milne, I've I've been critical of Milne throughout the years, but I think Milne has played an absolute blinder from whatever he has said and that that, that sit-down talk that he had with McInnes at Petodre, whatever he must have said, has clearly swayed him. And I think the Rangers board uh, had done the complete opposite of what Stuart Milne did. Rangers made McInnes feel like he wasn't really wanted. He was probably seeing all the stuff we did about him being the number one target, but never actually getting contact. Meanwhile, Milne had made it clear from the start McInnes was the man for Aberdeen and has been the man for Aberdeen and will be the man for Aberdeen. Um, Rangers never made it that clear. Um, the board really need to have a good look at themselves because that was the way they conducted that whole situation was embarrassing. It really was how they let let it go on for that length of time was ridiculous and it was all I'll be honest it was all media driven it was like you would never hear McInnes coming out and talking about the Rangers job you would never like you never hear anything it was just as soon as he went to a press conference Rangers 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 that was it like and of course that will take its toll on you because at the time 
he was not hearing anything about the Rangers or like from Rangers. He it was just all speculation. And how frustrating must that be, right? Um, obviously he grew up a Rangers fan, ex Rangers player. You're hear, hearing all this stuff, uh, all these journalists asking about it, and you know there's not been an approach. And I can right. This is my, This is what I think, right? I can understand why McKenna's saying, ah, well, I don't feel wanting, right? But you'll disagree. I, I firmly believe, right, McKinnis will end up regretting that decision. Even though the board handled it really poorly, but he will regret not jumping ship, in my opinion, because it's a step up. It's a step up in budget, think, resources and club. I don't think McKinnis is, I don't think McKinnis is looking at it in that design. McKinnis has made it clear that he felt he was he had unfinished business at both Aberdeen and... He wants to go back down to England. He, that's what he's waiting for. He, in my opinion, he's waiting to go down to England. And I think Sunderland, he could have went to England, but they, we all know the Sunderland situation. Sunderland are not a club that was set for going forward. And you've seen that with the man that they appointed got sacked within a matter of months. That could have been McInnes if he'd have went. So I think what he's doing is he's, he said, he's, he's already said that if, if another offer comes in, he has to think about, he'll think about it. And an Aberdeen fan don't mind that because if someone in England comes in, He's earned, he's earned a move to England and if he can, if he can get a team that is, is stable and has a decent platform for him to go forward Aberdeen fans won't grudge him speaking to them or possibly going to them because he's earned that move he's also, and see the fact that he's not back some London Rangers Aberdeen fans aren't stupid enough to know that he's going to be there for life but the fact that if he goes to the right club and it goes in the right way and it's handled in the right way Aberdeen fans will he'll go, he'll go Aberdeen fans boys I just honestly like I've I've had a lot of time to think about it. He, as I was saying, I think he will regret it because he's he's taken Aberdeen. In my opinion, right? In my opinion, he's taken him as far as he can, right? Because he's won the Scottish, he's won sorry, he's won the League Cup, right? All that's really left for him to do is win a Scottish Cup. That's it. But see, long term though, if he came to Rangers, right, and was backed with money, right, he realistically could be challenging for the league. And if if Rangers give the give the guy time. If Rangers gave him time, long term, he could potentially win the league with Rangers. And I, I said in the podcast last week, if he took over at Rangers, he would stop ten in a row. In my, in my opinion, I firmly believe that. But now, obviously, he's staying. Um, it was he stunned Scottish football. He did nobody seen that coming. Aberdeen fans were you yourself included were resigning to it. You're like, okay, here we go. He's going to be he's going to Rangers. But I'm holding you to this, mate. You said that what was it you said about McInnes? Uh, that you wanted him. You you actually at the same time you're happy because he rejected us. Just oh, it's quite funny. But then you're like, oh, I want him to go. I'm sure you said something he, like that. He still needs to win. This oh, this whole situation it has left a sour taste in our fans' mouth. So he does have to still win over the fans. He still has to bring a level of performance back to Aberdeen that we've expected for the last three years, where he has been getting results and playing decent football. This season, the, the standards haven't been there. And I think the sta- he needs to return the standards. And, of course, winning the Scottish Cup, that would that be the ultimate win over the Aberdeen fans. I'm not going to make a claim that we're going to win the Scottish Cup because that's obviously a lottery for who's going to win the Scottish Cup. But to bring back Aberdeen to a decent standard of football is first and foremost what Aberdeen fans want. Because those two results against Rangers, the performance levels were not were drastically not what we wanted and he needs to bring that that performance level back and he's got a great chance for that when he comes up against Hibson Celtic well I thought you said that he's a baller against Celtic well that's what he, he's 
last couple of seasons he's been very poor when it comes oh, to Oh, you're changing words at Mythic, come on, chance, come on. See he's, if got it, a, he's, got a chance, he's got a chance to make up for that. Say what he is, mate. Say, you've said that I've got, I've got it screenshotted. You said McInnes is a bottler when it comes he's to Celtic. He's got a chance to make up for that. Oh, he's just like, oh, you better not be retracting that. Well, I, I'm still waiting for the apology for you trying to ridicule my opinion that McInnes would turn you down when you made an a, a offer for him. Well, well, it's better. It's better. See, McInnes, he didn't shoot it down anytime he was asked about it, especially after no, that post-match no, he's interview. Turned it down. He's turned it down. I know. All I'm saying, all I need to say is, right? Are you not annoyed at the fact that? Let's be totally honest. McInnes did let this go on as well for a bit. Because see, if he really, no, I've, no. I've, I've seen, I've seen all the tweets. I've seen uh, all the you, you liking all these Rangers pages trying to trying to make up for the embarrassment. No, he never spoke. There's been no confirmation. If was to be believed, he never even spoke to Rangers. No, I know, I know. As far as, as, far as we know, he, he doesn't need to comment on speculation. No, but he I'm talking about... Right. See if he really was not... I, I know he rejected it now, right? But he could have came out, uh, especially after the game with Pataudry, where Chris McGoughlin gave him the chance to put the Rangers rumours to bed. He said, right, can you categorically stay... stay you know, categorically say that you're going to stay at Aberdeen and you're not going to Rangers he was given that opportunity opportunity, and he he just he just gave a kind of poor answer and McInnes had about five or six weeks to come out and say I'm, I'm not interested in Rangers job I'm committed to Aberdeen I do not want the Rangers job he never done that once mate does that not annoy you? No, he didn't he didn't but he's also rejected the job when he got the opportunity to yeah but well, of course if like, it, why, if, 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 no but you're saying over the course of those five six weeks he could have said it so when it got to the fourth week it would have been why didn't he he could have said it then as well but it's now got to the fifth, fifth or fifth week it was and he rejected it so if he really wanted it he would have took it he would have taken it regardless of the circumstances but like see the thing is with McInnes right he was I think he obviously deep down um, maybe had that in the back of his head where he was like okay I'll wait and see what happens to this Rangers thing right I think he was waiting for an approach but the fact Rangers took so long like for example, look at Stuart Mill said if Rangers approached McInnes earlier, it might have been different. Um, but you see, if he really did, obviously rejected us in the end. He should have came out earlier on and said, "I do not want the Rangers job," but he didn't do that. He didn't do that. But then so, what, he, what he would simply respond to you, he'd respond to you saying that he doesn't need to comment on speculation. I think that's uh, I don't know. See that answer? That answer just seems so media trained. That's that's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. Yeah. So, McInnes, anything else we need to add on that? About Denny McInnes staying at Aberdeen? Don't think so. Oh, oh, oh who, go Rangers, talk about Rangers. So, Rangers going forward. Um, I genuinely, genuinely do not know, mate, who we are going to get in. I do not have a scooby. Who <laughs> we're actually been, see, considering the fever grip that was all around when McInnes was in the running and so on, power duty and all that was being mentioned, and now there's been no one. No one's been mentioned. That was embarrassing. It really was embarrassing. I, I no disrespect here, but Aberdeen reject the Aberdeen manager rejecting Rangers. I call it Rangers to stay Aberdeen. Is that's embarrassing? That's really that looks really bad in us, and it just makes the board look just. It just looks like a. It makes the board look like a complete circus. It, it's it's full of amateurs. That's what it is. Really, really poor. And Stuart Robertson, our chief exec, what's he actually do? Like I don't like his track record so far has been poor and we never really hear anything off the guy might hear him hear a wee bits and bobs off him uh, in a statement that's it and oh the statement oh how have we not spoken to the statement oh 
that statement, the statement is ridiculously amateur, embarrassing, and reflects badly on everyone in that Rangers and connected with Rangers football club. That statement reeks of it reeks of absolute bitterness. Right, I've got I've heard a wee uh, thing right, and I'll let you know. I'll say it in a minute, but that statement like class. Rangers Football Club are that much was, better than that. That was basically like, oh, well, he's rejected us. We didn't want him anyway. It, it, no, it lacked class. It really did. Rangers are much better than that. And the fact for us, see the fact that we actually threw a wee dig at McInnes as well, saying he wasn't up to the challenge of managing a big club like Rangers, that is BS. That's utter nonsense. If that was the case, why? A, that makes no sense. It really, like, it's just pure bitterness that in that. Right? You didn't think it in the first place by approaching I know it makes no sense. It's just hypocritical. And listen to this, right? Rumour has it, right? Um, I got told that. Do you know who drafted that statement? Tell me, we guess who oh, drafted that. Yes, it was Jim Trainer mashing his knuckles off a keyboard. Yes, it was Jim Trainer, right? And from what I got told, Jim Trainer's a very petty, bitter guy. And see that statement, it just reeked of a. Like, it just reeked of Jim Trainer. Right? And I, once I got told it was a Jim Trainer statement, I was like, of course it was. Like, what was that word? Well, I'm not even gonna try it for a Right? Did you Google that right after you seen it? Because I did. I think I everyone in Scotland did. I know everyone did, but um, I know Aberdeen fans even drafted up a banner that said "Concommitment You Reds." It was. It was just so laughable. It was. And then I tried to, I seen some Rangers fans like, oh yeah, McInnes, oh McInnes is too scared, yeah, and they were trying to praise the statement, I'm like, you are so silly, you are so deluded, come on, don't, like, like see that statement, Trainer was thinking that, yeah, that was, it. yeah, no, no, Trainer thought that statement was going to win over the Rangers support, and he, that statement, oh, it got so ridiculed, it was embarrassing, I, I was so embarrassed being a Rangers fan reading that. It was, it lacked, as I was saying, it lacked class. It was really, I was stunned. I was stunned at reading that. Because McInnes, I still, I, I have no resentment towards McInnes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really gutted and mind-boggled why he didn't take the Rangers job. Yeah, of course I am. But it doesn't say, take away from the fact that I think the guy's a great manager. Um, but he's, he's decided to stay. Um, it is what it is. I've got egg in my face. It's that I've most certainly got egg in my face after this. Rangers could have came out of this situation with a lot more res- dignity as yeah. if they'd have taken it on as if they'd have taken it on the, the chin and released a statement that was at least classy. Efficient they, and gave Rangers, the fans a proper Rangers, update. Rangers made an approach, it was turned down. We've had, we've now heard that he uh, Derek McGinnis has rejected any further advances. Uh, something stu- and then blah blah blah. This, uh, we will continue the search uh, and in the interim Murray goes on until at least New Year that's all the Rangers had to say yeah um, it's as I was saying I don't know who's going to take over uh, I don't I don't um, I, I see if it was up to me right just say it was up to me I would probably give it to McLeish I would give it to McLeish end the, until the end of the season but the thing is will he want it I know he's not long term but will he want it that's the thing knowing that he's second choice but then again he, he's choking to get back in the football I honestly think that this, and this might worry you as well that the no it's, it's highly possible the only manager that he's going to appoint next might have to be for him again just so they're out they're out the loop and don't know what happened or, or at least might not know fully what happened with McInnes that would be a bad move 
Um, the reason I think that no, I think that'd be a bad move because we need someone. We need someone that knows Scottish football. Exactly. Everyone connected with Scottish football, English football. Are going to know what happened here. I think the only way that you might get a guy that would instantly jump at the job is someone that isn't connected with Scottish football, which is not what Rangers need. It's just that absolute shambles, so it is, and I've got complete egg in my face. Because what have I been saying to you for the last three years, mate? The last three years I've been saying to you, uh, McInnes, we go to Rangers, he would jump at the opportunity. And now, after the three years, um, I've been proved wrong, and it pains me to really say that. It does. But onwards and upwards, and all Rangers can do at the moment is win games, and we are doing that. Well, we are. Four wins in a row, and can Rangers make it five wins this weekend? Um, we'll just need to... Five wins in a row. We'll just need to wait and see. We're playing uh, St. Johnson. Uh, JJ, want to get the fixtures up? Uh, well, the weekend kicked off with Aberdeen hosting Um. Oh, well... I also just mentioned the Johnson game, so I'll just get this one out of the way first. Uh, Rangers and Johnson, um, I think Rangers will make it five wins. I know St. Johnson obviously got hammered off uh, Aberdeen during the week. I'm going to say it will be a... I'm going to go for a 2-0 Rangers win. What about you? I think, I think Rangers will win 3-1. Uh, Aberdeen host Hibs. Aberdeen host Hibs. Um, well, that's going to be a main event this weekend. Um, Aberdeen Hibs Hibs um, obviously Aberdeen won the, won the last two games um, Hibs only took a point from their last two granted it was against the old firm but still um, I think Lennon will get the players fired up for this occasion um, it's at Pataudry. Um I don't know I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a a two each I, I think I think, I think we might net this I think Aberdeen are going to nick it 2-1 uh, Dundee host Partick. Dundee Partick. Oh, uh, Partick won during the week. Um, Dundee, last two games, have lost and they've not been impressive in the last two games. Well, against Aberdeen, they weren't all that bad, but the last game, they were horrendous. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Thistle win. I think Thistle might win as well, I think they're going to win 2-0. Uh, Hamilton, Ross County. Hamilton, Ross County. Um, Ross County... Bad run of form. Hamilton. Um, lost last two games, but it's not like they've been abysmal. Um, I think Hamilton will win 2-0. I think we'll go for one each. Kilmarnock uh, v. Mullerwell. At Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock v. Good run of form right now. Mullerwell. Uh, a bit of free fall at the moment. Not, not free fall, but they're in a, not in a great way. Lost Louis Moult. Um, I'm going to go for a Kilmarnock 2-1 I Kilmarnock will win 2-0 hmm. uh, and final game of the weekend is Hearts hosting Celtic oh that's a, here's a question mate right what should the main event be Aberdeen Hibs or Hearts Celtic well I mean Celtic are going to comfortably be Hearts right let's be honest right if Hearts right we'll say it now if Hearts win right Hearts is definitely the main event so um, I don't know I'm going to go for a Celtic 3-1 Right, I know we need to bring this back, right? Um, we've not done it in a while. So, um, team of the weekend. Who was uh, your, your team of the weekend, John James? Are we getting the midweek, midweek fixtures as well, yeah? Um, well, do, uh, we'll count, um, in fact, we'll just, yeah, in fact, yeah, we'll count uh, the weekend and the midweek. The, I know, I know t- teams, there's, there's teams that have won two 
out of two. But I'm going for my team in the weekend to be Kilmarnock after they hammered Partick Thistle and came back from 2-0 down to get a point. Um, who would I go for? I would... I was going to say... I was going to say Rangers, but Rangers were not convincing in the two games at all, right? Even though Rangers have made the four wins in a row, I'm not going to say Rangers, because we're not great. And obviously Rangers have bigger resources, bigger budget, etc. Um, I'm going to say... Mate, it's hard to disagree with you. Come on, it's got to be, it's got to be Kelly, isn't it? I mean, Kelly winning 5-1 and then getting coming back from 2-0 down to take a point. I mean, that's a huge improvement. Um, player of the weekend. A player of the weekend. The player of the weekend and player of midweek. Uh, What do you think I was going for Boydie? Yes. Even though Boydie's got three goals in two games, right? Um, in fact, I don't know. I, I was in a crossroads, either Morales or Boydie. I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, Morales. I think Morales is... Yeah, I think he deserves it, in my opinion. 100%. Morales, come back in the team. Two goals in two games. Uh, it's fantastic. Fantastic with the big man. Good confidence boost. So, yes, uh, I think... Is there anything else? Oh, I've got to say. I've got to say. Oh, on you go. Well, actually, well, we, can't, we can't really talk about it much just now because we're waiting on the actual information to come out. Yeah. But I don't know if you've seen the drama that's going on with uh, Rab Douglas and John Brown. Oh, oh yes, I have indeed. And, I have and indeed. I remember John Brown terminated Rab Douglas' contract and called him a liar and all that. Yeah. And it came out in the media that Rab Douglas, Douglas has a recording of that meeting. He does, yeah. And, and John Brown, he was, he's had his say in the media and now Rab Douglas like, now I'm going to have mine. Now that seems like it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. That happened in 2013. So I do remember reading about that at the time, that Rad Douglas went into a meeting with John Brown and he had like a, he was wearing a wire or something like that, I don't know. He went into that meeting and recorded it. Strange, but if, you remember, if you remember how John Brown talked about him afterwards, saying how he was a liar and all that, and he said he couldn't be trusted. And then Rab Douglas makes a good point saying, well, I'm, 40, I'm 40 something years old and I've been playing for numerous clubs. So like, I'm, clearly, I'm clearly not a liar. So um, I'm interested to see how that plays it's out. It's going to be very interesting because John Brown's quite a con, uh, confrontational character, so he is. And he's I'm very interested to hear the audio for that interview as well. well yeah, I can imagine what uh, Big Bomber will be like in it because Bomber's just. I, I don't know what I think it is, right? I think it's an old fun thing between those two. That may. Be where it stands from, I don't know. They've never played against each other, but I think Brown it's just a whole Rangers Celtic thing. John, John Brown's historically not known for thinking before he speaks. Yep, yeah. John and that's Brown, why I think yeah. Rab Douglas is going to have some interest in information on that. Uh, that recording. It's going to be really interesting. Like John Brown, he's a he's a very like he's a very argumentative type. So he is, and I don't know if you ever heard the John Brown Tom English spat on Sports Sound a few years ago. It's went down in history as one of the best debates that ever on BBC Radio. You ever heard it? I, I can't honestly say I've heard it. Um, well, you haven't heard it. I can't honestly I can't honestly say I've heard it. Um, I, I think you should go out your way, mate, and listen to it. I think it'll be I think it'll be on YouTube. But my God, man. Tom English held his own against Big Bomber, and, and in my opinion, even though Bomber's an ex-Rangers player and a big Rangers man, Tom English schooled him. Tom English won that debate, hands down. Because, you know what Bomber was saying? It was, he was going back to that old cliche, you've never played the game, so how can you comment on it? See when, see when you say that, you're desperate, you don't know what else to say. Well, I, 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 I,
when you say that, you've already lost. You've already lost the argument. It's such a disrespectful, flawed, inaccurate thing to say. It really is. It's embarrassing. And especially considering we see the intelligence levels of some of the footballers today in comparison to the media. Yeah, and see the thing is as well, when, uh, like, why is Bomber so raging at Tom English? Tom English job, his, Tom English's job is a journalist, right? He, he's get, he, get, he gets paid to give his opinion. What's he meant to do, lie and say that John Brown is doing really well? Like, at the time he was not, at the time at Dundee he was not doing good, and Tom English came out and told the truth, he stated facts, Dundee are not doing well, and then, what's Bomber Brown meant to, like, what, what's Tom English meant to do? Be like, okay, I'm just, I'm not, I, I can't criticise John Brown because I've never played the game. Utter, utter nonsense. It was embarrassing to say the least. But I recommend that, mate. Go out your way to listen to it because well, yeah, it's great I'm looking radio. forward to hearing it all. I'm looking to see how this, how this is going to play out because Rob Douglas in that interview looked very steely-faced at the time as well. Oh, yeah. he was, He's very short at times in his answers. He, uh, it's going to be interesting. What, what do you think? I when can't th- remember. I can't remember who it was that was interviewing him, but he did. He sent a tweet after it saying that Rob Douglas was very blunt and straight to the point in the interview. When do you think the tape will get released? Well, he said that he's already. He said that he's got a copy, and he's already sent the one. And he said someone that he knows has got it, and he's also sent one to a journalist already. So a journalist has it. Did you not say something like it's going to be a story for uh, for his book one day? Is that what you're saying? He said he's got a story for the book, yeah. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it will turn out because Big Brad Douglas actually did say that, um, what was it, Kenny McIntyre asked him, so how will this look for John Brown? He went, slightly embarrassing for him. Yep. It's going to be very intriguing. Oh, but uh, before we go, I've got to mention uh, Graham Dorans is out for three months. I think he needs to go through ankle surgery. Um that's a, a big loss, even though he's not really started off greatly at Rangers, but that's still a, a big loss considering that we're missing some players on our midfield. But yeah, we'll just need, we, he won't be back till March, That'll be that's a loss. So um, anything you need to say on that, JJ? Graham Donner's out for three months? No, I think that it's just going to be, Rangers going to be struggling again with it, one of the top players. Well, hopefully, uh, oh, I forgot to say as well, like, all this stuff's uh, coming to my head, this is about to go. Jamie Murphy's been like the Rangers, uh, apparently we're going to make a 1.2, uh, 1.2 million bid for him in January. I think that'll be a good, uh, that'll be a good move, because well, he's been kind of lost down south. I've actually seen another rumour as well, that uh, Pedro Cassini was plotting a move for uh, Carlos Peña and Herrera. Oh, please, please do, please do. That'll be great, Pedro, come on, help us out. You said these two, so yeah, come on, you take my way. taking Peña and Herrera to Cruz Azul. I'll just take my way, come on. Like, I, I obviously I gave Peña praise when it's due, and I've criticised him when it was due. Peña's not good enough for Rangers. He's not He's not good enough for Rangers whatsoever. He's like a, a worse version of Morissette, that's what he's like. So, um, I think that's us, JJ. I think this is our longest episode to date, so it is. So I think uh, we've had some good discussions on this episode. So uh, until next time, guys, take care and we will see you soon.